Yachmala! Yachmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am truly pleased to be joined by my other friends. And I got and I got me some Jack Hall in the house. What's up? I got a Tic Tac, and uh, it's Coca-Cola flavored. Excellent. Very, very and, good. And I only know that not from the taste, uh, certainly, but from the fact that it's written on the side. From the packaging. That's right. That's right. All right, Nick Boxer. Greetings and salutations. We got a classic here today. I can't wait. And then we have James, James Cotta. I am, uh, for the purposes of this episode, I'm being overdubbed by an American actor. Uh, but I want to make sure that everyone can follow the plot. <laughs> that's that's right. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Well, the plot in this case is provided... Uh, by the movie Enter the Ninja. Um, this is season 16, Cannon Fodder, and this one, I mean, when you talk about canon, this is almost as canon as you get. You know, given that, I mean, this movie is directed by Menahem Golan, so that's that's freaking canon right there. <laughs> but uh, the Philippines, that's canon. Yeah, yeah, like a story by Mike Stone. This is canon, you know. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, and now, speaking of canon, our our canon, our our little piece of canon, we have Nick Boxer to explain it. All right, Enter the Ninja, self-explanatory. Franco Ninja and uh, sorry, Franco Nero. Uh, and his awesome mustache have just graduated ninja school. So he goes to visit uh, his best buddy in the Philippines. You get the sense that they were maybe mercenaries together. Uh, but his buddy on the has a plantation, but he's being threatened out by some sort of evil land business dude, oil baron type guy. And, uh, you know, the bad guys aren't really aware that, you know, you don't mess with the ninja. Uh, so uh, waves of waves of bad guy toadies, including like toady dude with a hook hand and bad guy butler all sort of take a run at the plantation and wave of nameless bad guys. And you know what? Our hero, Franco Nero, fights him off in a white ninja suit without any troubles at all. Uh, and then, surprise, surprise, his best rival from ninja school just shows up out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, he's on the bad guy side for a while. And then, you know, Franco beats him too, and the movie ends. But, you know, Frank Nero does sleep with his best friend's wife for no apparent reason, so that happens. And, and given her questionable hotness, it is no reason at all. <laughs> well, I, I mean, oh. I, I find her attractive, but there was no sexual tension between them. She just really yeah. liked the mustache. Maybe. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out, did the best friend actually set up the the sex scene? It, it seemed, seemed like, like he, he was aware. He seemed like he didn't mind at all. Because he, he did admit that he was impotent right directly before the well, sex scene. He did seem to care, though, because he because at the one point he does say, should I grow a mustache? 
you know, and so so he's he definitely knows and he definitely treats her poorly from it. But then of course they get attacked, and so and so and then he dies. So they have no time to ever talk about it, and and really that's okay because because I mean ultimately really what this movie did was um, was it was an A team episode that just happened to replace the A team with ninjas. Should we be calling them ninjas, really? Because I never... Like, there's no ninja... Like, there's no martial arts in this film. Well, there is martial arts, but it's karate. (laughs) It is, it is. It's it's Michael Stone, and he's the stunt double for Franco Nero, and he's... uh, And he does the choreography, and, and it's, you know... And Shokusugi does some choreography, but for the ninjas, but... Like the ninety percent of the of the martial arts is Franco Nero's character, and that's just karate. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You, you want more. You want this film to be better because, as a kid, all these ninja films were like the bomb, and we all watched. Them. Oh yeah, the, the and ninjas. It was a, but it was it was more fun to talk about with your buddies than it was to watch this film. More fun to pretend to be a ninja. Ninjas were cool to kids. I think ninjas are still cool to kids. But they're back in the eighties, ninjas were. But do you remember so those magazines? You know, like the ninja oh, yeah. magazines, and it was just like Gosh. you looked and it's just like, Oh, I can I can like mail order throwing stars? How awesome yeah. is that? And and really that's the thing, like Enter the Ninja is one of the reasons Well they make a Will they make a whirring, whirring sound like a helicopter? Oh, you know, like very, the various sound effects that the, the throwing yeah. stars made throughout the movie. Yeah. I, I think you know, for me, like, like I like I think Revenge of the Ninja is is like it's it's funny because I feel like I mean we've definitely talked about Ninja Three and we know how high that scored, but like I feel like Revenge of the Ninja ramps up this one, and of course. Ninja Three: The Domination just like you know ramps it up like, like to the oh, nth ramps degree up the beyond w- that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for beyond sure. Belief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're like, going to look at the, the the Ninja movies, and it was a craze, and this kick, kick it off, and there was a whole ton of them. I think Pray for Death is probably like the best of the Ninja movies. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't expect that to be such a conversation. <laughs> I've, I've not seen it. So That's all I of us trying say. to remember if we've seen it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, Octagon, the, the Octagon would have been the first uh, ninja movie I saw. And it's like, it's a it's kind of a shade above this, but it did. It certainly didn't. That is the, it. it is the first, uh, that is the first North American language uh, ninja film. So, yeah, but Just I don't, few, yeah, I don't think before this one. I, I think that this is this is when Ninja started being a common. Oh yeah, because this no is, question. this even like this is somewhere around or predates GI Joe. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah mean, well, GI yeah, Joe yeah. eighty, like around that ballpark when they. Well, like, yeah, because yeah, this is this is eighty one. So yeah, G, yeah. but GI Joe still entire look is from this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was watching this and my wife was nearby and, and as I'm watching it, I'm like. It reminds me, they have, did they finish the Snake Eyes movie or not? Because I'm looking at Storm Shadow and I'm thinking, 
I'm looking at Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow in the opening of this film, and I'm, I'm wondering if they have, if they made that made it through the production on that. Yeah, they just they just kind of swapped the um, swapped the costumes basically. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's important to to note here, since Stan, you called this an A team episode with a little bit of martial arts or ninjas thrown in, that this uh, an A team episode didn't have a four million dollar budget. I don't know where they spent the money. Anybody know. know where they spent the money? Because uh, again, dying the ninja costume. <laughs> <laughs> How much money did Franco Nero get? He he wasn't originally going to be in this. Michael Stone was starring in it, and they had to replace him because he couldn't act. And they were in the Philippines, and Franco Nero just happened to be in the Philippines. And Menai Golden visited him and managed to convince him to do the film. Like it, it just fell together. It's not like this script was written for him in mind. I mean, I, I, I have no idea where they spent that money on. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, th- I think they, they spent it on, on doing the, the two African um, flashbacks that they slapped into it for no reason. <laughs> I felt like those oh, were yeah, from a... Those looked expensive. <laughs> I felt like those were from a separate movie. Like, that... Like one of those ones where the guys had made a different, entirely different movie together, and they just lifted those two scenes. Oh, out. totally, totally. They, they are, they are. Like the problem was, it was the kind of thing, thing. And and to me, they they would factor into my what the fuck moments. But like, they're the kind of thing that just you didn't need them. Like you could tell me. Oh, but but I remember Africa, and you know you saved my life. I would have been okay with that, but instead you had to show like two minutes of Africa and him like kind of saving your life from one guy, basically. <laughs> it, it like yes. I I could have built it up way better than you would have than you showed me. Did we ever get the explanation from Nick about the movie? Yeah. yeah, he ran yep. through the he ran through all four plot points. Okay, <laughs> it, it was just all you need to know about the movie. movie. There wasn't a lot to explain. It's it's a really simple plot because as as Nick said, they truly just keep sending waves after wave of bad guys after him, and he keeps defeating them. That's that's like seventy five percent of the movie. Is him defeating these like ten ten schlubs at a time, basically. I have is... never seen a ninja movie with less sneaking around than <laughs> yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the granddaddy of ninja movies, and everything you think of when you think of ninja isn't in this movie. No, that's uh, true. That's despite true. despite he's how crime sells it, and at the end. Like he's like he, yeah. he has a ninja outfit on at the beginning and the end. Most of the movie, he does do a sneaking thing, but he's just dressed like a regular dude when he takes out those twenty men, you know, and he just sneaks around and takes them all out. But it's it's not, yeah, not at all, you know. It, it's it, it's I don't know. Its reputation is 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 probably its lore is better than the actual movie. Well, it's it's uh, it opens in a promising way. It's uh, mm-hmm. we we have 13 minutes before the first line of dialogue, uh, and uh, we get a we get a nice dem- uh, demonstration of uh, of ninja arts from uh, Shokushugi. Uh, then we get the 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 long testing that makes no sense. 
Um, <laughs> no sense. And uh, but then yeah, every decision after that is weird. <laughs> well, it's it's like a western. This is like a classic western plot. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, with some that. with some karate thrown in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a farmer with the plantation and a land baron that wants to take his his land because it has oil. I mean, it's just it's just a western, like, but without you know the good western stuff. Yeah. If you've got a problem and no one else can help, then you know, call <laughs> Franco Nero's call. I I will forever. I, my memorable moment is going to be that uh, I'm going to think of him as Franco Ninja from now on. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, I thought it, was a, it was a slip of the tongue, but I think we should call him that for the whole episode. <laughs> I'm good with that. I think he would have been good with that, too. He, by the way, had absolutely no martial arts training. Just in case you were wondering, heading into the film? Yeah. Not so shocked. I'm just... a um... hell of an actor. <laughs> the problem oh. is... Well, he he looks... is. I do love Franco Nero. Don't get me wrong. He's Franco great. Nero and Shokasugi. I mean, I do love both those guys. All right, I, I got a question. Uh, yeah. So Hook, Hook Hand, who's like the <laughs> the on the he's the on the ground guy for our big bad. Our big bad's like a business guy, and Hook Hand is uh, is his his uh, his his go to guy. Is there a reason he's German? Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound like a real accent. Which means they decided to make him German. Because Germans are evil. <laughs> well, and it's so weird because his name is like Zachi Noy. And and it's like he's Israeli, but it's it's hilarious because his name actually almost sounds more Japanese than anybody else. <laughs> I just assumed because we were in a tropical like locale that is definitely the Philippines, but I think they were trying for sort of a South America thing that sort of works into the whole, you know, no, they Nazi on the run thing. They oh, and we it see the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, and we see Manila Multiple Airlines times. and stuff like that. Yeah, so there's no question yeah. that it's. Yeah, I mean, part of the film was filmed in Japan, but no, they mentioned it's Philippines. I mean, bless you for trying to figure it out, though. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So what did this film teach you? Anybody got, anybody got a what did the film? Anybody learn anything from this film? I certainly did. Camouflage is not important in a in a ninja arts because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we only got the one. Best black, way, uh, the black best way to blend ninja. in is to wear white or red uh-huh. or red. Yeah, bright red or white. That is true. Uh, I learned uh, I learned that there is way more money in coconuts than I thought there was because <laughs> mm-hmm. he refuses to sell out for a million dollars. <laughs> he's offered seven figures to give up this plantation and says, no, no, got to stick around here and, you know, sell coconuts. That's because that's because his wife loved it. And 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 it was her it was her home now. I feel I feel like you could get a, another home <laughs> if you're getting a million in the Philippines for that. Here. Yeah, yeah, I, I expect yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in fairness, what, I mean, what are you going to do? Like retire somewhere tropical? Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what, what do you do with it? But I still, I still think, I still think I, I, no matter how much I love my house, I could be convinced to buy, you know, a, an island for <laughs> an exchange. <laughs> well, that has, that, that, uh, they said that plantation had been running for 200 years. 
and his wife loved it. So I, I, I maybe that was his explanation why he couldn't, you know. Oh yeah, that it. was that was totally his reasoning. You know, <laughs> there's no question. What I learned out of it though was that everybody loves a cockfight. <laughs> Oh yeah, That's a weird introduction to what to your your second well, hero of the story. Well, but here's the thing, uh, and this is amazing. But you know that uh, the the final scene where they're in this big stadium that holds probably about I said between three and five thousand people and has stands and everything like that, and and a round pit. Mm-hmm. That's an actual cockfighting arena. Wow. That's how popular that is at the time in the Philippines. So that's a real arena of use for cockfighting that they used that they shot the the actual battle between Shokasugi and Franco Nero. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean that's it, it that is truly that is truly crazy stuff. All of a sudden this movie doesn't have enough cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if you were trying to mainstream cockfighting like this, you should have should have thrown in a bit more. That was weird to see cockfighting. I was totally uncomfortable. I, I did learn that Susan Jones' character of Mary, Marianne and and uh, her husband Charles they're apparently swingers. I I I learned an extra lesson. I learned that you don't talk to Mister Venarius directly, <laughs> or you get slapped, <laughs> or I, I mean, or if you do it enough times, they'll just ignore that and let you talk to him directly. Yeah. <laughs> and I also know, learned that uh, having women in a swimming pool is art. Yeah. Well, it wasn't sexy, so it <laughs> might as well be art. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you say we go to scoring? Why not? Yeah. I think that would be a good idea at this juncture. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, in our search for the ultimate B-movies, we rate each film in five categories none of which are objective quality. The first category we call schlock uphill, and we start with Stan. Despite its pedigree, Enter the Ninja is, to me, far more name than game, so I really can only give it a five. I know what you're saying, but nostalgia pulls me. I'm going to go it way up, and this is probably way out of line, but seven. I just don't want to give it up. So I'll fall in between those two, and I'll give it a six for uh, uh, definitely for being so canon, basically. Yeah, I think I think uh, I mean the promise of this film certainly brought us in. Uh, you know, Franco Nero as a ninja versus Shokashugi. That's a great pitch. That's like that's uh, that like that's gonna jump off the VHS shelf at you. So I'm gonna go with six as well. More heart than budget, and I heard two radically different numbers again. Uh, I'm bringing 1.5 million from IMDb, and I got four million from uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> wow, that's, that's yeah, like... I like I like this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, so it's, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'd like to believe 1.5. I yeah, I would too, because it's the Philippines. You know, everything should be really cheap. Uh, I mean, you know, show always brings it. He's great, uh, and and Frank, in this case, Franco Ninja. I mean, like, like, I think he does a good job with what he's given. Ultimately, um, I don't, I don't, yeah, six. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, Franco Nero did a great job, but how much do chickens cost in uh, the Philippines in the eighties? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really hard to it's really hard to defeat that budget. Uh, I'm only going to go with a four. Uh, I'm I'm going higher because Michael Stone, who was supposed to star in this, he he, he choreographed it. He uh, you know I mean he he they filmed about three days with him and another director before you know Minhan Golem decided he couldn't act and and the other director was r- shooting a boring movie and took over, but. Like he really, really wanted to bring ninjas to the forefront, and, and you know, and he pitched the idea, he sold it, he did the story, he did the screenplay, he did all this stuff, and, and just on his effort alone, I think it's got to have a lot of heart. Um, it didn't turn out for him to act in it, but yeah, that's that to me is pretty high. So I'm going to seven. Uh, I, I think you've made a compelling argument. Uh, six. <laughs> I was going to be lower, so that's where your argument came in. Uh, <laughs> I, what the fuck moments? Um, the, I didn't I, like. For me, I didn't think there was a, a a lot. I mean, it it has its ridiculous moments. I, I like the Asian font for the credits. That really added an air of racism to it. So that's always it's always good. Um, I I enjoyed. Even the first time I watched this, and it was only like five months before that I watched this movie, and and it was always fun trying to notice where the white ninja was Mike Stone and where the white ninja was Franco Nero on the close-ups. <laughs> um, there's there's like the sound effects. I mean, we talked earlier about the idea of the of the terrible swooshing and random sounds with the with the throwing stars, but there's this point where where Franco like. Dunks the uh, the hook guy's hook into the wall, and you hear this wah 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 sound effect, and it's kind of like oh wow that's um the so there's this this big point where where they're where they're bringing in the uh, bringing in the main character to try to to try to sell it well not the main character but the uh, the owner of the plantation to try to ensure that he sells and and you know like franco takes out most of his uh his entourage and the bad guys and then they're supposed to be 20 and he winds up having to count on his fingers to get to to count to like that he has six guys left and that he's missing 14 and it was kind of like why did you count on your fingers for that um there's this and then there's this great point right near the end which I found absolutely amazing where Franco finds out that uh, that Shokasugi the black ninja has has come and it's this like home movie-esque uh, <laughs> video of of film that they that they start playing of him which I realize is like completely edited with close-ups and <laughs> all this other stuff and I'm like Wait a minute now. Why, why do you have? How do you have multiple angles of him killing somebody, including close-ups? That seems really odd. <laughs> so, um, I, I'll just, I just, I can just give it a five. My expectations were would have been far greater, and this this movie for me is hurt because I watch Revenge of the Ninja the next day, and I think that Revenge of the Ninja is far superior from this perspective. Um, the, the WTF for me is definitely the beginning scene where it's they, they have this whole ninja versus ninja 
thing where Franco Nero's running through an obstacle course, killing ninjas left and right, and then finally decapitating the master. And then you get a scene that undoes all of it, that it was all prosthetics, prosthetics and and I don't know, blood packs and stuff. Why? Why would you go to that kind of trouble to make it all look kind of real? Um, it's absolutely insane to have that there, <laughs> other than it's a movie. Um, yeah, that scene is nuts, but the rest of it sort of definitely peters out into that whole Western genre thing. So I'm going to go with the sex. Um, that opening sequence, he's, he's has to beat up the other ninjas. He has to be better than the other ninjas to become a ninja, uh, to, to graduate from his ninja school. And it, it literally is a school because he does mention, I went to school with that other ninja, you know, later on in the movie and, and the leader of this ninja school, he meets him. The guy bows at him and blinks. And then he decapitates the ninja, the head of the ninja school, just have that head of the ninja school walk in later with a fake head. So it wasn't real. And I'm going, what is the, why would it, why is this whole, (laughs) why did you decapitate? Why, how does that prove, how was that a graduation ceremony? How, I, I, I don't understand that, that, that to me, also in that sequence, there's a point where, uh, the stuntman jumps down, and it's one of those shots where you're like, I can't believe they left this in there, because the stuntman jumps down and behind some bushes, and Franco Nero, or Franco Ninja, uh, stands up and, and emerges from the bushes, and you can see the stuntman trying his best to be to hide behind <laughs> Franco Nero so he can't be seen. Oh, the stuntman, the fact that they did all these shots with uh, Michael Stone uh, as Franco Nero, and from even from behind, he don't look anything alike. He's got like curly brown hair. It doesn't look anything like Franco Nero's. Um, yeah, and and that character, the hook character. I mean, there's a point where he has his arm ripped off, and then he just has a the hook put back in, or the the hook ripped off in his bloody arm, and then he just put back in. And I'm like, it's it's everything about that character, from the fact he was German to the fact that he could barely walk. <laughs> to the fact that he was way fat, to the fact that he was uh, had a hook for a hand, everything about that was so sloppy and WTF that it, and, and just felt so tacked on. Um, I also got a six on this because they're classic WTFs, but there's enough in there. I, I think it's funny that uh, that that so many of us uh, went to that opening section. As, uh, as our WTF, because it, if, I, I do wonder if they had shot that stuff with the with the first director and then started switching things up because oh, and then had to slap in um, yeah, Franco. Like, <laughs> yeah, they had to have, had to then explain that he's not just brutally murdering people um, because the the yeah the explanation we're given is we see one ninja. Uh, that he had attacked earlier, who has a cut across his, across his face, and he pulls a like a board out of his shirt, which indicates like, oh yeah, he could have, you know, stuck a ninja star or whatever into that. But rewatching that scene, 
there's a there's a spot where he clearly stabs someone with a sword. Oh yeah. Yeah. And by I the way, that guy he... in the next scene, that guy with the cut across his face doesn't have the cut across his face either. So maybe he's just a fast healer. You ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I I wish all the all the health in the world to the guy who got a ninja star in the face. Because <laughs> that's that's one that's a little harder to I thought that was the guy with the, the cut on his face. Look, if the if the head of the school can literally be decapitated and it doesn't hurt them, then I don't see what's the difference between ninja stars to the face and it doesn't hurt them. Like, I, I, I love that. So heading into the final battle, Franco, uh, Franco Ninja loads up every weapon he owns. <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's carrying three swords, a bow, two size and a couple of little knives when he goes to attack the building. Um, and then he keeps stabbing people and walking away from them. Like, yeah, I, I know. He leaves I all the weapons. A single use weapon. I, <laughs> I feel like, like you don't have to reload them. Like you can just pick those up. <laughs> this is, this is like Omega cop where it's just like, okay, well that one's done. <laughs> yeah, but he, he do, it's not just once though. Like, because when he leaves, I mean, the guy that fell in the pool, fair enough. You're gonna dive into the pool when you've got two more swords on you. But you know, he stabs two guys with size, and they're like, there's no reason he doesn't go pick them up. <laughs> it's other than he's got to show off every ninja weapon in the course of that, uh, yeah, that yeah, fight. Yeah, of course, that's exactly it, and he does. That's there's no question about that. And a couple more small ones. I, I when. Uh, when Mr. Uh, Venarius sends his right-hand man to uh, to Japan to hire a ninja, because we've got to hire our own ninja if he's got a ninja. The Parker, the the right-hand man, the guy, the, the you know, the deal maker, the the fixer, goes to what is clearly a casting agent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like. Okay, that's all. Like, it's nice that you got guys that dress as samurais, but what I really need is a ninja. And he's like, "There's, there are no ninjas. Like, what are you talking about?" It's like, "No, no, I really need a ninja." He's like, "Well, okay, there's one. I know a ninja." <laughs> like, where, how did you connect with this guy? Where, where did this? Where did? And then they go to a ninja school where to 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 get that one ninja, where there's like thirty ninjas. I feel like I would have hired a half dozen of the red ninjas for the same price. Why? He kicked I, their ass at the beginning. Well, he doesn't know that, though. I mean, he kicked kick Shogu's ass, too. He doesn't know that. He still hires him. Uh, my, my last WTF is... Uh, uh, so, his best friend has died. Uh, he's defeated the bad guys. The The girl's got the, the coconut farm and the, and the vast fortune that comes with that. Uh, and uh, And then... Franco Ninja's going to leave. He's got to do the Western thing of, of walking away. So he's, he's, you know, and she says, like, I'm never going to see you again. He's like, yeah, I'll be back. And, uh, and at that moment, I'm asking, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just visiting. He was just there as a, to visit his buddy. But at no point did they, Why like, did... Uh, he doesn't appear to have any other obligations. <laughs> No, that's true. <laughs> so, man, I, mean, I almost <laughs> forgot the opening scene where we introduced the Susan George character, where she brings out the shotgun and almost shoots him, and uh, he beats the hell out of her. And he just grabs her from behind and puts a puts an arm lock or a hammer he lock. He grabs her tit, man. He does totally grab yeah. her tit, and he grabs her totally grabs her breasts, no question. And then he, she's like, 
he he does ninjutsu. I'm like, that's <laughs> him. <laughs> that dead giveaway. The boob grab is a classic ninja move. <laughs> classic ninja move. Man, I'm a ninja. <laughs> we all want to be ninjas. Like I said, uh, six six for me. Uh, memorable moments. Well, it's it's funny because when um, when this came up, I I got sort of excited because I thought, oh, is this the one with with this thing in it? And then I and then I went back and looked, and it was like, oh no, that's Revenge of the Ninja. Oh shoot. Okay, so you know, I mean, it all it came back as I was watching it, um, but ultimately, like the the title, and I know that that the for these two movies, you know, Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja, are going to be so interchangeable within my mind that in in a year I'll completely forget, other than it having Franco Nero or Franco Ninja, I guess. But uh, but I I just can't go high. It's a three. Um, the, that first scene is so memorable and fun. Um, I loved it as a kid. I love it now. Uh, and honestly, I, having seen this movie before, I forgot the rest of the, how not great that this movie is. I just, I just remember the beginning sequence and going, oh, I love that. And then after the first five minutes, like, oh, my God, this is just basic John Wayne bullshit here. Um, So I'll I'll give it a four entirely for the first five minutes, and that's it. Wow. So I got a 10. Seriously. I mean, if if memorable moments is how much of a – pop culture impact you it made uh this is a 10 because it made a, a a huge impact on ninjas and throwing stars and all the things that we think of with ninjas come from this particular movie everything that is all the all the you know the different types of weapons and and everything they end up being used by everybody else afterwards so i mean Memorable moments is the is it's how much pop culture impact did you make? It couldn't have made more. Um, I mean, it was a big success. I got it. Man, I, I am racking my brain. We've done like a hundred and forty of these. I don't remember that ever being the explanation for. Oh, it was no. for Revenge of the Nerds. It was for. In fact, if you go back and listen to me for most of mine. That's All exactly right. what I talk about. You got it. You, you're score. You're not. Yeah, you're not scoring for you. You're scoring for for pop culture. Yeah, fair, that's fair enough. How I always come at it. All right, I'm going to score for me uh, <laughs> and, give, and give it a five. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a nine if we're going to use uh, Jacks. Because they're still the octagon. Um, <laughs> crazy concept. Well, I think we've mentioned it before. I know I've talked about this being an A-Team episode, which were all basically Westerns in the first place. I mean, the concept itself is not crazy. I mean, I mean, trying to bring ninjas to the forefront, um, I don't know that that's crazy. I mean, obviously it worked uh, for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think it's a crazy concept. I think that Franco Ninja as a ninja is kind of a crazy concept, but um, I'll give it a four. I'm going to go a little higher. I think at the time, uh, 
it was relatively novel to introduce ninjas, uh, and obviously because they greenlit a whole bunch of these at about the same time, uh, that they were really giving it a push, which is not exactly the sanest of moves, because nobody knew what a ninja was at this time. So I'll I'll go with the six. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not. Uh... I mean, it is the first, you know, to bring ninjas to the to the forefront in this style. Not the first, like you say, English language movie. It came out about six months earlier with Chuck Norris. But uh, this is the one that brought it to the forefront before. So, so taking a chance on the ninjas and that they would be cool before anybody knew whether or not it would actually take off. There was no evidence it would take off, you know, in culture. I, I think it. It's a. I got to give it a little bit of credit, so I got a seven. But this is still canon, and and really, I mean, they will take a shot on yeah, anything. But this is early canon when they still thought they were a studio. This is <laughs> canon in 1981, right? When they still thought they were going to win win Academy Awards and Crow was a studio and everything. Fair, fair, fair. I mean, they uh, wanted to yeah. show this at Cannes. This was originally scheduled to be shown at Cannes. God, the, 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 just the cojones on these guys. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I mean it's interesting that you could you could trace this like development of martial arts into American film, and a lot of the things we see in ninjas after this um, come not only from this, but kind of translating kung fu through that lens uh, of. Uh, because you know the, the you kind of have this melding of the uh, the supernatural element of kung fu into the the ninja, which starts as an assassin. Like it doesn't he isn't he has some magical powers in this. Like you mentioned the the invisibility and stuff. So it's kind of those two things end up merging into what we now think of of ninjas, and that's where they the, actually can disappear. And 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 you know what the Shaw brothers and their their presentation of ninjas and the uh, did have magic and everything like that involved, and so some of that, uh, some of that also helped to influence that. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with a six. I think uh, I think that uh, it was a, I think it was a, enough of a risk to uh, to bring uh, to start bringing those things together. All right, uh, this film does get a minus one for ticking over the 95 minute mark. It is 99 minutes. Uh, and that gives it a round total of 56.5 out of 100, which ties it with both Bloodsport and Transylvania Twist. Yeah, it seems about right, as our scoring usually does. Bloodsport's a good one to tie with, I think. Yeah. All right. It's, it's definitely, yeah, it, it has the, the again, it's... Because I know Bloodsport did, scored very well for its uh, pop culture element and what it gave to uh, pop culture yes. as well. So yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I, and actually, I mean, since we rewatched, since we watched uh, Bloodsport, every time I see uh, a, a a competition, a martial arts competition, it is the kumite for me. It is like, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. sure, sure. <laughs> I know what yes. you mean. All right. Well, uh, let's do some business then, Jim. All right. Well. Uh, we are the Cult Film Showdown. Uh, we have a Patreon that you can look up and you can support what we're doing here, searching for the ultimate B-movies. And uh, we have an Instagram 
and we're on YouTube and on most podcast apps. So subscribe all over the place. And we are sponsored by WeTalkPodcast.com. They are the home of the Octagon, where you can keep track of our entire search and all hundred and some movies we've done so far uh, sorted into each category. And we talk podcasts has a Facebook and they have a Twitter. Awesome. Well, Cannon Fodder, this is season 16, moves on with the Naked Cage. We are truly in the home stretch for this season, so it'll be exciting to move on and actually uh, go back to season 17 and re-enter the octagon. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, does anybody have anything else to add in this case? Doesn't sound like it. All right, perfect. So, for Jim, and for Jack, and for Nick, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu. Thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. The first martial art to sweep the modern world was Jiu-Jitsu, closely followed by the discipline of Karate. Then we were taught to combine the spiritual with the physical by the masters of Kung Fu. And now, the Cannon Group is proud to introduce the practitioner of the oldest and ultimate martial art, the Ninja. Enter the Ninja. This gold is your license as a master of Ninjutsu. Starring Franco Nero, exploding into action as Cole, the White Ninja. Give him a message for me. Yeah? I don't like to be followed. I love it here. It's become my home. And nobody, nobody is going to drive us away. Susan George is the proud and beautiful Marianne, a strong-willed woman who knows what she wants and just how to get it. And introducing Sho Kosugi. Kampai! Kampai! Kampai. Hasegawa, the black ninja, born of samurai blood, is unable to accept anything but the ancient ways. You did not drink, Hasegawa. He is no ninja. It's a lion They want to take it away from us. Bitter and merciless, this rogue ninja will stop at nothing to destroy any and all who cross his path. Ninja. Hired assassins, trained killers, masters of the most deadly art known to man. Take on a ninja, no matter how many you are. Be prepared for the consequences. Enter the ninja from Canon.